Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Three, two, one. But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreit is on the phone. Episode six. The podcast. podcast. 2022 people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody is ready for what should be a fun Monday episode of the Aaron Torres pod. Bad news, college football, mostly done. Good news. We got plenty to talk about both college football and college basketball. Here's what's going to go on on today's show. By the way, working on the new background. If you're watching on YouTube, we are going to get that background all squared away. But with that said, fun show. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to open Heisman Trophy. Want to credit Caleb Williams for winning the Heisman Trophy, but I also have a question about the voting, and I also have a question for you as if voting should be made public, maybe to stop the embarrassment that was some of the voting this year. From there, we will stay on college football. Not sure if you heard our main man, Coach Prime, reeled in his first big recruit, and based on the comments that recruit said, Don't think it's going to be his last. We'll discuss that. And finally, I'll say this. We will wrap with just a jam-packed, awesome weekend of college basketball. Alabama, second time in three weeks. They beat the number one team in the country at Houston. Great game. Uh, Arizona, great win over Indiana. Arkansas, I think they're really coming into form despite the injury to Trevon Brazil. We will discuss all of that. We will get out of here. Jam-packed Monday, Aaron Torres. Pod, I don't care if it's December. I don't care if you think sports are starting to slow down. Not in this world, baby. We got a jam-packed show. Before we get started, a couple quick announcements. One, I told you a few days ago, we were closing in on 15K on YouTube. We surpassed 15K. We surpassed 16K. We surpassed 17K over the weekend. So thank you for your guys and girls' support. Now, we're on the road to 18K, and we're on the road to 20K Could not do it without all of your support. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, make sure to do so. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, etc. Also, the Aaron Torres merch store is booming. AaronTorresOnline.com, last-minute holiday shopping. We have our Big Pig Invasion tee. We have our Mora Hurley 2024 tee, which is exploding. Uh, We recently released a Bama basketball basketball school shirt, which you got to check out. And we got some really cool stuff coming to this store in the coming weeks. 
So make sure to pay attention to that. Aaron Torres online.com Aaron Torres online.com. With that said though, let's get to the topic of the day and the topic of the day. It goes without saying uh, there were no college football games outside of army Navy, another incredible army Navy game. But to me, the topic of the day, listen, it was the Heisman trophy ceremony on Saturday in New York city. And I do think some of the conversation about the Heisman was a little bit hijacked by maybe who wasn't there as opposed to who was. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's start with the positive. We're a glasses half full pod. We are a positive vibes only pod until we get to the negative here in about five minutes. But let's start with the positive and let's start by congratulating Caleb Williams on being your 2022 Heisman Trophy winner. He is, if you include Reggie Bush, the 8th USC Trojan to win it, a record-setting 8th USC Trojan surpassing Oklahoma. And so what I would say is that there have been years, rarely, but there have been years that I disagree with the Heisman Trophy winner. I think the Heisman voters got it right in terms of who ultimately won the award. It should have been Caleb Williams. Now, I know he didn't have a great Pac-12 championship game. I know that he was beat up. The finger was hurt. The hamstring was hurt. USC fell apart specifically on defense. But I don't think that took away from Caleb Williams being the rightful winner. And part of it was he had a great season. But more importantly, I don't think there was anybody that really stepped up, that really made you feel like they absolutely deserved it. You could maybe make the case for Max Duggan. But C.J. Stroud, you know how I feel. I feel like it's mostly empty stats. Played well, but not great in the biggest game of his season. Blake Corum gets hurt. Hendon Hooker gets hurt. Stetson Bennett had a nice season, but statistically, he wasn't the guy. Caleb Williams should have been the guy, and it was for a few reasons. One, first off, he had the stats to back it up, right? And listen, you could talk about impact, winning, losing, whatever. If you don't have the baseline raw stats to get the job done, then I'm sorry, you're not a deserving winner. Well, Caleb Williams had absolutely that as on the season. You know, I I think because USC was largely under the radar for a big part of the year, I don't think a lot of people realize how good the stats were for Caleb Williams. Finished fourth nationally in total yards passing behind only Michael Penix, only Austin Reed, and only Drake May. All of those guys had at least 30 more pass attempts than him. Finishes in fourth. On top of that, his 37 touchdowns were tied with Clayton Toon of Houston and and C.J. Stroud of Ohio State for the most in college football. So fourth leading passer in all of college football, number one in touchdowns, only four interceptions. C.J. Stroud had six, Clayton Toon had 10, 66% completion percentage, nine yards per completion. Caleb Williams statistically had what it took to win the Heisman. Beyond that, and I'll be honest, I, I don't know that I really even knew this all until we actually saw the Heisman ceremony and we saw kind of cl- uh, Caleb Williams talk about his team and his teammates talk about him. I don't know that we necessarily knew the impact that he had behind the scenes at USC. And I think part of this award is statistical. Part of it is the win-loss record. But as I always say, part of it is the impact that you have on your team and your program. And outside of Hendon Hooker, I don't think you can argue that anybody had more of a positive impact than Caleb Williams. Maybe Max Duggan is in the conversation. But remember, even Max Duggan, even Hendon Hooker, those guys were where they were last year. Caleb Williams comes in with Lincoln Riley. And I know Caleb Williams is an insane talent, but he comes in to a program that went four and eight. And if you watch the Heisman ceremony, they really talked about this. They showed some behind the scenes footage where it was not great when he got there 
when Lincoln Riley got there, when Caleb Williams got there, they get there and they completely changed the culture overnight. And it was a player led culture. And more specifically, it was a culture led by Caleb Williams. It's one thing if you have the coach in place, but it's another thing. Remember, the coach can't be with the players during the summer. The coach can't be with the players during a lot of the offseason limited during the week. And so it comes down to leadership, accountability, and who is running that locker room. And it was clear that Caleb Williams did. They showed him working out. They showed him with his teammates. They, and so to me, I, what I really enjoyed about the Heisman ceremony, and I know it gets too long and it's a made for TV event and we could do it in 20 minutes instead of an hour 10. But I really liked the behind the scenes where I learned a lot about the impact that he had on this team. And more importantly, the reason that I really like Caleb Williams to win this award, I listen, I don't think I'm breaking any ground by saying that he deserved to win it, but why I believe he was the most deserving is because his team absolutely needed him. And it's one thing to put up great stats. It's even one thing to put up great stats on a great team. But I don't think you can argue that anyone, like, like it's one thing to put up great stats on a great team. But as I've said before, his team needed Caleb Williams to be great every single night this year at USC. Again, it's one thing if you put up 4,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, but if you're doing it at a certain place and you're winning every game 45 to three, it doesn't matter. Well, that defense for USC was bad. And most importantly, as the season wore on, as injuries piled up, as depth took its toll, USC's defense kind of fell apart even worse than it was to start the season. Last half of the season, here is what the defense did. They gave up 43 points in the first game against Utah. They gave up 37 against Arizona, 35 to Cal, 17 to Colorado, which was the worst program in the Pac-12, not anymore with, with Coach Prime there, 45 to UCLA, 27 to Notre Dame, 47 in the Pac-12 championship game, which obviously USC didn't win. But to me, that's why Caleb Williams was the deserving winner, because USC needed him to be great every single night. It wasn't, oh, I'm patting my stats against inferior competition, cough, cough, C.J. Stroud. It's, I'm doing it every night because my team needs me because if they if I don't, if I'm not great, we're not winning these games. And remember, too, his best players were hurt late in the year. Travis Dye goes out with an injury. Jordan Addison missed a couple games. So credit to Caleb Williams. I believe he was the deserving winner. Quickly, though, like I said, I do think part of the conversation about this year's Heisman it wasn't just about Caleb Williams and it wasn't about the four that were there. And it's not intended as a disrespect to those four, but more than ever, it felt like the conversation was about the guys that were not there specifically two guys, head and hooker from Tennessee and Blake Corum from Michigan. And I think you could even throw Washington fans are pushing for Michael Penix, who met Penix, who statistically was a great quarterback on a team. I don't know if people know this Washington finished 10 and two this year. Like I, I don't think people realize Washington, you know, they, they lose, they, they lose to UCLA. Um, they lose outside of UCLA one other game this year. I believe it was Arizona state of all teams, but they beat Oregon. They beat Oregon state. They beat Washington state. They beat Michigan state. Washington went 10 and two this year as they get set for their, their bowl game against Texas in a few weeks. But I bring it up just to simply say this, this was part of the conversation, not who was there, but who wasn't there. And it was interesting because, you know, I was thinking about this and, and you know, I don't want to shame anybody for not having Hen and Hooker. Look, and, and by the way, I think everybody knows, but we did this conversation on last Tuesday's show when the four finalists come out and we know Hen and Hooker and we know Blake Corum aren't going to New York. To me, I thought Hen and Hooker, if I had a vote, probably would have been number two. 
And I thought after Caleb Williams lost that Pac-12 championship game, you could even make the argument for Hendon Hooker being number one. But that's independent. It didn't happen. And so I was thinking about this after the show. How did this happen? Like, how did every, because what was interesting was, I don't know if you guys and girls saw this. I know some of you aren't on social media at all. Some of you aren't on Twitter. But I thought I saw something interesting from Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. Stuart Mandel said, you know, I think I'm a pretty plugged in college football voice. And I think I follow a lot of other plugged in college football voices. And what he said was, and I'm paraphrasing a tweet that he put out, but he said, basically everybody that I follow that has a Heisman vote that I respect as a college football voter, put Hennon Hooker in their top three, if not top two. I'm sure some people even had him winning it. And so he brought up the point, like there really are a lot of votes and there really are frankly, probably too many voters. And for people who don't know how the voting process works, I don't know exactly. I do not have a vote, but I know multiple people that do. I'm friends with multiple people that do. Um, And there are a certain number of votes per state. And it is a little bit like a a, a U.S. um, uh, What's it called? The Supreme Court. You can't like, like they don't add votes, but you can't give a vote to somebody else until somebody relinquishes it. And generally that means when they pass away. But why I bring it up is because the fact that Hennon Hooker didn't get to New York makes me believe that there's a lot of people that either just don't watch college football or they dismissed him for BS reasons, either because his team finished 10 and two because he got hurt to end the year. Like, like I think it was weird, right? Him and Blake Corum got hurt the same week, week, you know, the second to last week of the season. And it just felt like they got dismissed. And so I was disappointed. I was upset. And I thought it was an interesting point by Stuart Mandel. Most of the mainstream college football voices that we respect all had Hen and Hooker in their final three. And so I was thinking about this, is that the Heisman Trust does not allow voters to put out their top three or top four or top five or whatever, the, the order that they voted. They're not allowed to put out that order until after the Heisman Trophy is announced. And I guess it's for, you know, to build up drama and we don't know who's going to win, even though we kind of already know who's going to win. And it's down to three or four or five finalists anyway. So I'm not totally sure why they do that. But I bring it up because I had this thought. Instead of being optional to release your vote, how about we just do like the AP poll where everybody's vote gets released at the end? And for people who don't follow the AP poll every week, every voter, their top 25 goes out somewhere. And fans can see it. And if you believe that, you know, Florida State at nine and four should be the number one team in the country and you vote them number one, your vote's going to get out there and you're going to get exposed. And so my thought is maybe that's how we fix this process, because whether it was for whatever BS reason, Hennon Hooker and Blake Corum weren't in New York, I actually would have probably had them two and four. I probably would have had Max Duggan three. I would have had Blake Corum ahead of Stetson Bennett. But the point being, here's my thought. Maybe the way to kind of fix the voting is make it transparent. Everybody's ballot is out there. Now, what some people would say is that's not fair to people. They'll get attacked online, all that good stuff. Well, here's my argument to that. If you cannot handle the heat of having your ballot attacked, then you frankly probably shouldn't have that ballot anyway. And more importantly, if you can't defend your voting, then you definitely should. Because my thing is, and listen, you guys and girls know me, I'm a person I have strong opinions about a lot of stuff. I get a lot of stuff right. I get a lot of stuff wrong. And the one thing I try to never do is attack other people for other opinions. You like red. I like blue. I'm not going to fight you. It's just an opinion. We can agree to disagree. What I don't like is people that make stuff up that's total BS that they don't believe in. And more importantly, 
if you're going to have the honor of having a Heisman vote, then you should have no problem defending your vote. And so that to me might be the solution. That to me might be the way to make it more fair and equitable where Hennon Hooker finishes in fifth. Well, let's see who had him fifth or eighth or 10th or 12th or not on their ballot at all. Because to me, like I said, if you have the honor of having a Heisman vote, this isn't, you know, like you should have to be able to uh, publicly defend why you did, did it the way you did, why you voted it the way you did. So it was just a thought that I had, because again, I thought Stuart Mandel brought up an interesting point that everybody that he knows that had a ballot um, pretty much had the same top three or four in some order. And I'm not saying again, that you can't have a certain guy here or a certain guy there. But if you do, and it isn't mainstream, and we all watch college football, and it seems like everybody who watches college football for a living seems to agree that Hennon Hooker should have been in the top three, and you didn't have him there, I don't think there's anything wrong with having to defend that. All right, good first segment. This is what we're going to do. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And when we come back, you know who we're talking about. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, first marquee recruit of the Deion Sanders era commits on Saturday. We'll discuss that, what it means for Coach Prime, what it means for Colorado, and why it's far from the last. Then we get to college basketball. Take a quick break. Be right back. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know all about Betfred. Started in 1967 in the UK, one of the most respected shops in the UK with over 1,600 shops in the UK. They have come to the United States and they have made a major splash. They are not only the presenting sponsor of all things Aaron Torres Media, but also the Denver Broncos, the Colorado Rockies, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I love about Betfred, nobody does a better job taking care of their customers than Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. What do I mean by that? Well, how about this? We sent a few of our listeners to the Denver Broncos VIP tailgate, courtesy of Betfred Sportsbook. Betters have thrown out the first pitch of Colorado Rockies games. The Bengal, the Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games is constantly hopping. They take care of their customers like nobody else. And here is what they are going to do for you just for listening to the Aaron Torres pot. All you got to do, go to Betfred Sportsbook, Betfred Sportsbook app, bet 50 on any game, and you get 250 in free bets courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. It is the best offer going. Tell them Torres sent you. Bet 50 on any game. Get 250 in free bets courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. I love working with them. Take advantage of that offer right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to switch gears, and and I want to talk about some kind of behind-the-scenes college football stuff, right? Obviously, the Caleb Williams news was the big news of the weekend in college football, but at the same time, for people who love this sport, you know that a lot of the news going on in the sport is actually going on behind the scenes right now. National Signing Day is in just a couple weeks. High school players will will commit and sign letters of intent. Transfers will commit and sign letters of intent. And so it's a very busy time, not only with coaches flying all over the country, but on the weekends with recruits and potential recruits visiting campuses. So there was a couple big stories that came out of this weekend in terms of that element of things. But the biggest one, you already know where it came from. It came from our new favorite place in college football. Is it too early to call it the college football capital of the world? We thought it was Tuscaloosa, maybe um, maybe Columbus, maybe Ann Arbor. No, I'm talking about Boulder, Colorado, baby, where over the weekend, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, picked up his first major commitment as the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, as Dylan Edwards, a four-star running back who, as of a week ago, was committed to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, visits Colorado, commits to Colorado and coach prime again the first of what I expect to be quite a few marquee commitments for Colorado and its dynamic superstar new head coach now if you followed this story or or, you know even if you follow recruiting peripherally I don't know that it's a total shocker and let me explain why okay so Dylan Edwards interesting story so he's actually from the Dallas area originally we're going to get to why that's important in a minute he is in Kansas the, the state of Kansas now And early on in his recruitment, he had been committed to Kansas State. And then over the summer, he's committed to Notre Dame. So you might be thinking, well, why why was this not surprising? Well, it was because if you just followed his social media accounts over the last couple of days, some very interesting things happened, all of which, again, was just it, it was for public consumption on social media. Two weeks ago, after Notre Dame's regular season finale uh, against USC, this kid gets a visit from one of the assistant coaches. Then last week, Marcus Freeman actually came to visit him. And so it's kind of ironic, right? Because I don't think the head coach is visiting a top prospect if he doesn't think he is going to get him. But on the same day that he does the whole thing, posts the picture with Marcus Freeman, everybody's smiling. There was a little interesting thing that showed up on his social media page, which was the typical cliche, blessed to be offered by the University of Colorado. We find out shortly thereafter, by the way, that the kid is originally from Dallas, actually knows Coach Prime, knows Deion Sanders from his youth. Coach Prime was one of his coaches back in the day. And shortly thereafter, he decommits from Notre Dame. So so all you got to do is follow the tea leaves, right? Uh, Picture with the assistant coach. Picture with Marcus Freeman. Blessed to be offered by Colorado. Decommits on Thursday. And what was interesting about the decommitment He said, point blank, thank you to Notre Dame. I appreciate everything you've done. I will be committing and signing somewhere else on National Signing Day, December 21st. Why that's important? It's because of the fact 
that if, it, it, you know, it's not often that you see a kid decommit and just say, I'm not even considering anyone anymore, um, especially a week, 10 days before signing day. I'm decommitting and I'm not even considering the school that was recruiting me. So that tells you the impact that Coach Prime has had. He gets him to campus. The kid commits this weekend. And I'm just going to tell you, he is going to be a really, really dynamic player in the Pac-12 for Colorado. Five foot eight, a true burner. Okay. I mean, this kid, you know, four, three speed, one of the fastest players in this class. Uh, he kind of reminds me, I was watching some film of him. Kind of reminds me a little bit of De'Anthony Thomas, who played at uh played at Oregon a few years ago. Not he's a little bit thicker, he's a little bit stronger than De'Anthony Thomas, but super dynamic in the open field. You get this kid the ball, he is going to make plays. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited to watch him. But more importantly, I truly believe this is just the tip of the iceberg as to what Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, can do over these next few weeks at Colorado because I truly believe this is just – this isn't the end. This is just the beginning of what Coach Prime can do. And some of you are probably sitting there saying, well, 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 what makes you so confident? Well, first of all, the kid Dylan Edwards said so after his commitment. On Sunday morning, he talked to The Athletic. And here is what Dylan Edwards, high four-star running back, just committed to Colorado, said about Colorado, Deion Sanders, and Coach Prime. He said, I know a lot of guys are about to come here. Dylan Edwards, four-star, says about Colorado. I know a lot of guys that are about to flip their commitments. They are all big power five guys with a lot of offers, guys that are four and five stars. Nobody is safe in this situation recruiting-wise. Coach Dion's plan here is work worth coming to look at, and recruits are going to want to look at it. So we've talked on this show quite a bit about the impact that Deion Sanders could have at the Power 5 level. This is the first time we have a recruit buying into the vision. Now, again, granted, he's known Deion Sanders forever since he was a little kid, so it's a little bit different. But I don't believe this will be the last marquee major recruit that Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, gets at Colorado, not just you know down the road when he's established, but I'm talking about this recruiting cycle, and it's because of a few things. One, he already proved it at Jackson State, right? This was it was a little under a year ago. It was right about a year ago that we got the stunner of all stunners as Travis Hunter, the number one player in America, committed to Jackson State, choosing Jackson State over Florida State, over Georgia, over all of the recruits that uh, that were recruiting him. And so the bottom line is Deion Sanders had already done this at Jackson State. Coach Prime did this at Jackson State. It wasn't just Travis Hunter, by the way. As we've discussed on this show before, high four-star receiver Kevin Coleman, the reports, I haven't seen anything official yet, but the reports are going to follow Coach Prime from Jackson State to Colorado. Those are the early reports coming out is that this kid, Kevin Coleman, the four-star, will follow Coach Prime. So we've seen him do it at the high school level. We've seen him do it through the transfer portal, which I think is important, right? We, we already know the impact and the importance of the transfer portal. We already saw how it completely changed USC this year, how it completely changed LSU this year. Well, once again, Coach Prime has that track record as well having signed kids from multiple Power 5 schools across his career during his time at Jackson State. And so the fact that he already proved it at Jackson State, proved I can get five stars, proved I can get marquee transfer portal kids, there's no reason to think it's not going to happen at Colorado. But here's the part that I was thinking about that was essentially confirmed by Dylan Edwards on Sunday later on in that conversation with The Athletic. 
What I was thinking about with Coach Prime with Deion Sanders was pretty straightforward. And I was thinking about this, and this is no disrespect intended to Jackson State, FCS schools, whatever. But I was thinking, how many kids probably over the last two, three years since Deion Sanders got to Jackson State, how many of them got the call from Coach Prime, listened, hung up, and said, man, that's a great recruiting pitch. And I would love to play for that guy, but I just don't know if I can do it. And again, it's no disrespect to Jackson state, but we all know the difference between the FBS and the FCS level. Okay. And so when you're an 18 year old kid, you're deciding on your future and you have a chance to go to anywhere in the country. You have a chance to go to Alabama, Georgia, USC, Michigan, Ohio state, and a school like Jackson state calls. You're of course going to entertain it because Deion Sanders is one of the greatest football players that has ever played the game. But at the same time, if your career trajectory, if your path to the, if you want to get to the NFL, there's a lot of kids that I'm sure took that call, wanted to go, but said, I just can't give up playing in the SEC. I just can't give up playing at Michigan. I just can't give up playing at Ohio State and not just playing for those schools, but playing for all of those schools and what they provide, right? We all know the difference between high-level college football and everywhere else in the sport, FCS, NIAI, you know, group of five, whatever. You go to Ohio State, you have the best strength and conditioning in the world. You have a nutritionist that is working on every single meal for you to make sure that you maximize your potential. You have uh, masseuses, you have therapy, you have the best medicine going. And so these are all the things that are offered at Ohio State at Alabama, at Michigan, at Georgia, at Tennessee, at Florida, that simply can't be provided at the FCS level. And so I sit there and think, how many kids would have committed to Coach Prime if if he he was on a level playing field with the guys he's recruiting against, right? Because you can say whatever you want about Deion Sanders. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? He was pulling off recruiting miracles when he wasn't on a level playing field with Kirby Smart, with Mike Norvell at Florida State, with Nick Saban, with Ryan Day, with whoever. Well, now, now that he's at the Power 5 level, he doesn't have to worry about that. He doesn't have to worry about meal plans. He doesn't have to worry about uh, strength and conditioning. He has every resource that every Power 5 has. Now, is Colorado quite where Ohio State or Alabama is? No, but they can get there pretty quick. It's clear that the school has committed financially to making sure that Deion Sanders has everything he needs to have success at Colorado. And so I wonder how many kids, even a month ago, two months ago, Dylan Edwards said it. He said, listen, I talked to Coach Prime when he was at Jackson State. Coach Prime said, listen, I'm going to get one of these power fives. And when I get a power five, you're going to be the first one. You're going to come to me. And so how many kids have sat there, have been on the phone and sat there and said, you know what? This guy ever gets to a power five. I'm picking up the call. I'm picking up the phone and calling him. We've heard the reports that hundreds of recruits have already reached out to Deion Sanders, whether it is through the portal, whether it is through uh, high school. And Dylan Edwards confirmed exactly what I just said, that a lot of kids, now that Coach Prime is at a power five, he's going to get a lot of kids. Here's what Dylan Edwards said about the situation. I know a lot of guys are about to come here. Uh, and he said, I know a lot of guys are about to flip their commitments. I, I shared that quote. Here is the new quote. He said, when you go to a power five and you have those resources to do what you need to know, it's a no brainer when that team is coached by Dion. So in other words, if you already have all of the advantages of a power five and Dion Sanders is your coach, there's a lot of kids that are going to be saying, sign me up for this. So I would watch out over these next couple of weeks. Now, again, 
This stuff is going to move fast and furious. We're not going to talk about every major commit, every major recruit, but couple names to keep an eye out on. I think I talked about it the other day. There is a five-star offensive tackle named Caden Proctor. Joe's Iowa over Alabama and Ohio State. There's already rumblings. He's going to take a visit to Colorado. Coach Prime had a bunch of marquee transfers on campus this weekend. I would expect some of that to pop, but credit to Dylan Edwards. Coach Prime sold him, I want you to be the first marquee guy to commit to Colorado. He does that, and I truly believe the best is yet to come for Colorado football. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back the sponsor of our Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pickup Challenge. I am, of course, talking about Bracket Phonetics. By now, you know all about Bracket Phonetics. I have been working with them for years, multiple NCAA tournaments this year. Bracket Fanatics decided to get into the NFL space, and they are doing the Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge. We are doing the Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge, courtesy of Bracket Fanatics. What do you need to do? How do you need to sign up? How can you take advantage of Bracket Fanatics? Let me tell you right now. All you got to do, go to BracketFanatics.com. Click the tab, join Bracket. The Bracket name is Torres, and here's what happens when you sign up. All you got to do, every single week, pick every single game, on the NFL slate, not against the spread, not over under, just pick every single game. And here's what happens. Winner every single week gets a hundred dollars cash courtesy of bracket fanatics. So bracketfanatics.com, join bracket bracket name Torres, pick the games. Every winner every week gets a hundred dollars cash courtesy of bracket fanatics. And here's the cool part. When the season ends in a few weeks, you can still get a thousand dollar season long cash prize that goes to the ultimate winner courtesy of bracket fanatics not too late to sign up you'll automatically be entered to win the hundred dollar weekly winner all you gotta do bracketfanatics.com join bracket bracket name torres tell them torres sent you bracketfanatics.com judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. And I do want to wrap with a little bit of college hoops. And let me start by saying this. I want to go ahead and give college hoops a little bit of credit, right? Because I go back and when I think about this weekend, something kind of struck me as I was watching. What struck me was early on in the year, I was very critical of college hoops, specifically on the opening night of the season. And the reason I was critical, if you remember, is because I thought college hoops had a chance to kind of make a splash, put a couple marquee games on the schedule. And the opening night of college hoops was a complete dud. All top 25 teams were in action. None of them were playing each other. And it was just a really uneventful start to the season. And so I bring it up 
because fast forward to Saturday and Saturday was the first Saturday, obviously of the fall where there was no college football. There was no NFL next Saturday. We start to get NFL. And so outside of army Navy, which I guess is college football, but you get the point. There was a lot of inventory. There was a lot of space for good sports to be on TV on Saturday. And I give credit to the powers that be in college basketball because they delivered with one great college basketball game after another Alabama, Houston, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Memphis, Auburn, Kansas, Missouri, uh, Saturday night, Indiana, Arizona, and Vegas. It was one game after the other, after the other, after the other. And so credit to college hoops. And so let's get into some of the big games from this weekend. Let's start in Houston, number one team in the country, the Houston Cougars. They come in, you know, I love those Cougars, baby. Love those Cougars. But they come in as a comfortable favorite. Alabama, of course, is actually playing very good basketball. Only loss in Portland to the UConn Huskies. You know I love UConn, but I watched that game start to finish. UConn might be the best team in college basketball, and Alabama had it within a play or two till there was about six or seven minutes left, and UConn ran away from them. So Alabama comes in, solid resume. They ironically actually beat the number one team in the country a few weeks ago in North Carolina, get a second crack at a new number one, and how about those Alabama Crimson Tide? trailed by 15 points in the second half and rallied and figured out a way to win as Alabama basketball gets the victory over Houston in Houston, 71 to 65. And I got to tell you, I am so impressed by this Alabama Crimson Tide team. And if you watch this game, what I just told you is really the story, right? Early on, anybody who's kind of watched college basketball over the last couple of years, you kind of know what Houston's MO is, right? You know that Houston is tough and they're physical and they're mean and they're going to get in you. And Alabama's a pretty young team. They have a bunch of freshmen that play. They have a bunch of transfers that have kind of transferred in from different places. Mark Sears, Namari Burnett, who sat out last year with an injury. And so Alabama comes out. They're playing good early. And then Houston does what they do. They beat the crap out of you, a bunch of offensive rebounds. They take control of the game in the middle part of the first half into the middle part of the second half. And about four, five, six minutes into the second half, you look up and Houston's up by 15 points. And you say, this is what Houston does. They're a veteran team. They're going to win this game going away. And all of a sudden you look up and Alabama just all game long, they're chipping away. They're chipping away. They're chipping away making a stop, making a play on offense, making a stop. And all of a sudden you look up and they're in control of this game. They find a way to get a victory. And I'll just tell you this. I liked Alabama coming into this game. I told you two or three weeks ago, I think them and Arkansas are the two best teams in the SEC. But I am blown away by Alabama after this victory. First thing that stands out, credit to the freshmen, right? And and, and it's funny, right? Because sometimes... We talk about these freshman classes and recruiting rankings. And, and sometimes people, Torres, you talk about the recruiting stuff too much. Well, I don't know if I do. And here's why. Duke had the number one recruiting class last year. Arkansas had the number two class. And we see the impact they're having. Alabama had the number three class in the country last year. Okay. The star has been Brandon Miller, who coming into Saturday was leading college basketball f- with freshmen in terms of points per game. And Houston, to its credit, really shut him down. And so what was so impressive was it was other freshmen that stepped up for Alabama and you can't put a price on going ahead and going out and getting some of those elite recruits in high school basketball and putting together a solid class. You look at this game, Jaden Bradley, a five-star guard, right? The kind of guy that you want, you want to go to war with 12 points, five rebounds, four assists off the bench. 
Noah Clowney, I thought had the game of his life. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen every Alabama game. I didn't know he had this in him. 16 points, 11 rebounds against one of the most physical teams in college basketball. Rylan Griffin, six points, four rebounds, a couple assists late to take care of business. And Mark Sears, I think, is another name. Really, two two transfers that I want to give credit to. One, Mark Sears on offense hit a couple really big shots down the stretch. He is from Ohio. If you remember, that is the conference that Nate Oates came from. Nate Oates was originally at Buffalo, comes from Ohio. And I remember talking to somebody around Alabama basketball over summer. They said, this guy got buckets in our league, and we know how hard it is to score in that league. We think he can have an impact at Alabama. Well, 11 points, including a couple clutch threes. And then I also want to give a kid a, a credit to a kid named Namari Burnett. You look at the box score, eight points, one rebound, one assist. You don't sit there and say that he had this unbelievable game. But he really did a good job of shutting down um, uh, Houston star player Marcus Sasser, who finished with nine board, nine points. Excuse me. So credit to Alabama. It was the young guys who stepped up. And really what impressed me more than anything, it was the toughness, right? You play against Houston. You you you, you got to bring your hard hat. And it's cliche because Alabama, they actually give out a hard hat to their toughest player at the end of every game. But Alabama, for a young team to go on the road and get the win in the way that they did by out-toughing, out-physicaling, out-scrapping Houston is so impressive. And finally, when I look at this Alabama team, this is what I would say. I said prior to the PK-85 event in Portland, I said, I believe this Alabama team is much more 2021 the year that they won the SEC than 2022 last year. And so if you're an Alabama fan, what I would say, I think you can put the 2022 season behind you, okay? If you remember last year, at this point, Alabama early in the season was awesome. They go to Washington. They played in Seattle against Gonzaga. They beat Gonzaga. They beat Houston a week later in kind of a wild game. And everybody's throwing rose petals at Alabama's feet, myself absolutely included. So I'm not going to try to pretend that I didn't. And then all of a sudden it gets into league play and it's weird and there's no symmetry and the guys aren't read. It doesn't seem like something's not clicking. They start taking bad losses at Georgia, at Missouri, on and on and on. All of a sudden they get into the tournament, but it's certainly not the same as it was a year ago. Well, this year's team, they seem to like each other. They seem to respect each other. They seem to play well together on Saturday. They finished with, Uh, You know, just a really impressive effort, really good ball movement, really good spacing. Now, they did turn the ball over a lot, but Houston is one of the elite defensive teams in college basketball. And so I'm telling you, you look at this Alabama team right now. Road win against Houston. Neutral court win against Michigan State. Neutral court win against North Carolina. They are starting to put together a really good resume. Now, I'll add, it doesn't get any easier for Alabama. How about this? Next two games. Memphis at home, Gonzaga on a pseudo-neutral court. The game is in the state of Alabama in Birmingham, but I credit Nate Oates, man. Last year, something did not click. This team seems to have it. They showed more toughness, in my opinion, in the final five minutes of this game than they did for large chunks last year. Credit Alabama. I think this team is officially back as an SEC title contender. Let's go out west. Next game that I want to talk about, late night in Vegas. Really fun matchup between Arizona and Indiana. Arizona gets the victory, 89-75. to I'm trying to find it really quick. What was the score of this one? Arizona had 89 points. I know that because that's what stood out to me. But Arizona takes care of business against Indiana in this game. The final score was 89-75. to I was correct on this one, okay? And so when I talk about this game, I don't know that there's like a ton new for me to say about Arizona, 
Other than that, I I I continue to be completely amazed by this team, okay? So this was a team, if you remember, we talked about them a ton last year. We talked about them around the NBA draft, and then we talked about them in the preseason because I said, look, I like this team, but they lost a lot coming into this year. And so they lose a lot, and then they go to Maui, and they smack San Diego State. They beat Creighton in the final. It wasn't nearly as competitive as the final score indicated. They take a weird loss on the road to open Pac-12 play. But why I'm so impressed by this team is this. They lost a ton of talent off last year's team and have not missed a beat Saturday night in Vegas, 89 points. And what I would say, and I know I've said it before about Arizona, but again, Tommy Lloyd comes from Gonzaga. He brings that kind of European style. Now, he inherited a lot of players from from Sean Miller's group, including Kirk Reese and Azulis Tabellas, who are still awesome. But why I bring it up, is because to lose the talent that they they lost and to continue to seemingly get better, right? They were a number one seed Pac-12 regular season and tournament champions last year. Fast forward to this year, I think they might be better. I don't think they're more talented, but I do think if you watch them, the way that they play, the way that they pass the ball, the way that they move the ball, the fact that they have two big guys down low that you have to account for in Asulis Tubelas, who had 21 points and seven rebounds, and Umar Balo, who had 15 points and 12 rebounds, There isn't a team in college basketball quite like them. Now, UConn has two really talented big guys in Adama Sanogo and Donovan Klingon, but I just bring it up because this is a team that lost three of the top 35 players in the draft. They were supposed to take a step back, and I think in some ways they're just as good, if not better. Now, in terms of what they do well, it's scoring the basketball. And the thing that, 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 that stands out about Saturday, it's not as though they played a nobody. It's not even as though they played a good team. They played an elite defensive team in Indiana. Indiana came into this game giving up about 61, 62 points per game. Arizona has 46 at the half, 43 after the second half, 89 for the game. They shoot on the game 49% from the field, 40% from three and get the win against an elite defensive team in Indiana. And so when I look at this Arizona team, I'm just going to be blunt. I just said it a minute ago. I don't think that they're better than last year, but a couple of things are clear. One, Tommy Lloyd, I've said it before. I'm not ready to say that he was the, he was the answer at Gonzaga. He was the reason everything at Gonzaga was a success, but why I bring it up, this looks an awful lot like a Gonzaga program. Everybody that was in this program last year got better over the offseason. Asulis Tubelis is a different player. Kirk Risa, who had uh, who had 14.7 assists on Saturday night, looks better. Umar Balo might be the most improved player in college basketball. They look better. I think they're more comfortable in the offense. And to do what they did against a team the caliber of Indiana defensively blows me away. I really think, listen, Arizona's had some heartbreaks since their last Final Four in 2001. Three Elite Eights under Sean Miller. They had an Elite Eight, I believe, what was it, 05 against Illinois. Arizona fans know exactly what game I'm talking about. Might sound crazy. I think this is Arizona's best shot to get back to a Final Four. I'll tell you this, Arizona fans, you guys come to Houston, parties on Torres. Um, Indiana, I, I don't think there's any, any amazing takeaway. I know it's going to be, oh, Indiana sucks. Indiana's overrated. Listen, they have a freshman named Jalen hood Shafino, who's a really, really good player. Early on in this season, Jalen Hutchifino, their freshman star, is averaging just under nine points per game, 32% from the field. But in his most recent game, 14 points against North Carolina. And so I bring it up because he has put up good stats against good teams. 
Him not being available, I really do think, hurt Indiana. I'm not going to say they would have won without him, but not having him really did hurt them on Saturday. No amazing takeaways for Indiana. You got to bounce back. You got to get ready for Big Ten play. The Big Ten is going to be a meat grinder, man. It's a lot tougher than I think many of us thought it would be. And oh, by the way, before Indiana gets ready to play uh, in the Big Ten, they got a game next Saturday, noon Eastern against Kansas. So get ready for that one. Uh, a couple other scores, a couple other notes from the weekend. Um, first one is Arkansas, Oklahoma. Okay. And so, you know, it, it wasn't a top 25 matchup. I don't necessarily want to spend a ton of time on this, but this is a game, Arkansas and Oklahoma. This is the three year series they played in Tulsa in back to back years. Last year, I don't think Oklahoma was nearly as good as they were this year or, or nearly as good as they are this year. And they smacked Arkansas. So when I see Arkansas go to Tulsa, beat a much improved Oklahoma team the way that they did, I got to tell you, this program, this team that's gone to back-to-back Elite Eights, this team is ahead of where they were the last two years where they went to an Elite Eight. So I'm not promising a Final Four. It's too early to talk all that stuff. But at the same time, if you're just judging who Arkansas has been at this time the last two years when they've gone to Elite Eight, they don't look as good as they did on Saturday in Tulsa in this game. The the big story, Nick Smith Jr., right? Potential top two, top three pick in the next NBA draft. Um, you know, he he was a player. He did not play in that Maui tournament. He came back just starting to get into his groove. 21 points in this game after scoring 22 the other night against UNC Greensboro. And then Ricky Council, who I think has been one of the breakout stars of college basketball, 26 points. Anthony Black only had eight, five, and two in terms of eight points, five, five assists, two steals. But he, every play he made seemed to be a big one. He had a couple big dunks, a couple big passes. And so when I look at, at Arkansas, what stands out to me is kind of what I said about them a few days ago when we were talking about the injury to Trevon Brazil. Yes, the injury sucks. Trevon Brazil, potential first-round pick. But this is why Eric Musselman has recruited the depth that he has, and this is why you sign the guys that you do if you're Arkansas because you just never know what's going to happen. And so on a positive, their top three of Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., and Ricky Council are all really, really, really good and I think have a chance to be really special as the season goes on. This Arkansas team looks way better than they did at this time last year. Really excited to see them evolve. Really quickly, some other scores. Tennessee beats Maryland by three on Sunday. Listen, I watched this game from start to finish. It was a tough watch. I am not going to tell you all about it. Tennessee survives. It was an ugly one. Tennessee, their next game is actually this coming Saturday at Arizona. So get ready for that one. That should be a fun one. Tennessee coming into the game, one of the best defensive teams in college basketball. Now going to play Arizona, which probably is college basketball's best offensive team. You know, other news and notes from the weekend. I'll say this. I thought Memphis got a really nice win over Auburn. And with Memphis, what stands out to me, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, they took a, a commitment from a high school player named Mikey Williams. And what I said was, I think Penny Hardaway's found his secret sauce by having an older veteran team. Too often, I mean, Penny's a guy that's really hyped up. I want to recruit the best of the best. I want to bring the best players to, 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 to Memphis. And he struggled a lot when he signed those five-star elite high school players. Well, this year, Memphis is 8-2. They just beat a top 15 Auburn team on a neutral court in, in Atlanta. And it was a game where they, they, all season long, have been led by veterans, by fourth, fifth, and sixth-year college players. DeAndre Williams, 
26-year-old senior, 26, closer in my age to, maybe he's not, but he's, you know, grown man, 16 points. Kendrick Davis, a fifth-year college player, 27 points. Memphis is a really good basketball team. And I think to a degree, we have to recalibrate what Penny Hardaway has done early in his career. I do wonder, is recruiting the high school players the best thing for him? Because I really do think that he is a guy, when he has an older veteran group, that he doesn't have to babysit. And that's not a criticism of Penny Hardaway. That's a criticism of a lot of high school players coming out of high school. He's shown he can be a really good coach. Um, other scores, you know, listen, UConn won by a million credit to them. Um, you know, Kansas destroyed Missouri. Missouri came into the game undefeated, you know, and I, I think it was an interesting thing in that part of the country. That's obviously a famous rivalry, the border war dating back to the big 12, the big eight days, Missouri was undefeated. And I, I, I think they were looking for some respect. And I think Kansas said, you know what? We're not going to give you that respect. You got to earn it as Kansas beats them by 28 points. Bill self as always has his team rounding into form 24 points for Jalen Wilson, uh, four starters and double figures. Good game there, uh, and really, again, just a fun Saturday and Sunday across college basketball. I give the powers that be credit for putting on so many good games, and like I just told you, next Saturday, it ain't going to get any worse. Indiana at Kansas. How about Tennessee at Arizona? Kentucky, UCLA on a neutral. North Carolina, Ohio State on a neutral. Gonzaga going into Alabama in Birmingham to face Alabama should be a fun, fun, fun weekend. All right, with that said, I think it's time for me to get out of here. Before we do, I want to remind you, make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram. The YouTube channel is blowing up. Over 17,000 followers. Thank you guys and girls for your support. And oh, by the way, all of our Torres on accounts, Torres on Bama, Torres on the Hogs, Torres on the Vols, Torres on Kentucky, Torres on UConn, Torres on Arizona, on and on. And the Aaron Torres Pod merchandise shop. A lot of good merch in there. uh, And we appreciate all of your guys' support. But with that said... I do think it is time for me to get out of here. Thank you again for everything you guys and girls do. Thank you for your support. I will say no Tuesday show. I will be traveling. I'm going to shoot out to Vegas for the Creighton Arizona state game. Looked like a great game a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, Creighton's in a little bit of a losing streak as they deal with injuries, but probably no show on Tuesday. I'll be back Wednesday with a new episode of the Aaron Torres sports podcast. Thank you all again. We will do it again soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.